Hey, this is Caleb Clay, Associate Pastor of Anchor Faith Church here in Valdosta, Georgia. We want to thank you so much for tuning in to this week's message. We believe that it will minister to you and be a blessing to your life. Now get ready to receive a word from God. If you got your Bibles, open up to Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11. And uh, I've been in a faith meeting, so we're going to teach on faith tonight. Is that all right? This is just uh, just as I prayed about what I was supposed to share. This just kind of bubbled up, so um, it's probably what I need. So I'm going to share it with you. Hebrews 11, and uh, we'll start with verse 1. I think we're going to do a couple of verses there. And it says, let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for your Holy Spirit that is the teacher. Holy Spirit, teach through me tonight and let your uh, word not return void, but let it accomplish what it was sent to do tonight in every heart and every life that's represented here in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Uh, Pastor Ashley is not here, so she asked uh, if the youth would stay in. I see a couple of you. I'll get you all to come up here and help me. Okay, He's like, I don't know about that. Anyway. Uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Another word, for and this is a lot of times commonly known as the definition of faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In my Bible, the notes there, it says substance is realization. Or uh, evidence would be confidence. The realization of things not of ho- things hoped for and the confidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. And I asked myself the question, how can there be evidence when you can't see it? If you were in a court of law and I said, I've got evidence. And you walked up to the judge the judge said, where's your evidence? Well, you can't see my evidence. Well, there's no evidence if you can't see it because it's not evident. Some of y'all, I'm sorry. Anyway, evidence of things not seen. So I thought about, I heard some guy saying it's like going into a dark room. If you can't see in a dark room, how do you know you're in a dark room? You're in a room, I mean, it's dark. I mean, you may not know where you're at if it's dark. Well, the Bible says the entrance of his word, Psalm 119 verse 130, says the entrance of his word brings light. And we know Romans 10, 17 says faith comes by Hearing, I like to say, and hearing, and hearing the Word of God. I've, I've had people ask me, would you pray for me that I can get more faith? I said, I wish I could because I'd be praying it for myself. There's nowhere in the Bible where it says pray to receive faith. Now, when you get born again, you get the Bible talks about a measure of faith. He talks about adding to your faith. You know, faith can be measured. Uh, Jesus said, you have great faith. One time he said, you have little faith. One time Jesus said, where is your faith? Like I think one time he said, no faith. So I don't know where all your faith are. Uh, I'm glad we don't have to walk around with a meter on the side of our bodies or that says where our faith level is. And you, you can see faith sometimes manifested in people. Uh, when Peter and John saw the man, they said, they, they said he had faith to be made whole. They realized he had faith. They saw faith. And, and so when he said he saw faith, he said, Take up your, uh, rise up and walk. And he, and he leaped. Now somebody asked me one time, I said, well, if he had faith, why wouldn't he heal? Because sometimes you got to learn how to release your faith. You ever had money in a compartment, Jimmy, in your wallet and you forgot it was there? 
and you're looking through your wallet, and all of a sudden you, oh my God, there's a twenty dollar. Whoa, hey babe, we're gonna eat. You know, now I can I can supersize. Hallelujah. You know, you you didn't you you had the money all the time. You didn't know you had the money. Sometimes you don't know you have faith until you need it. I heard somebody say that toilet paper is like faith. You, if you wait till you need it to get it, you're too late. I'm. St- we won't talk about that anymore. Hallelujah. So, faith is the evidence. So, uh, and the entrance of His Word brings light. So, you you don't see, you don't see it, but you just know, and and it's trusting God without seeing. But faith is the evidence. Um, the, the, um, when you walk in a dark room, you can't see any evidence that you're there until you get some light. The entrance of your word brings light. And then um, you can't pray for faith. I said that. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The word of God brings faith. Somebody say amen. And one translation, I like this. The Amplified Bible says faith is the title deed. If I told Caleb I was going to give him my car, there's, he's just kind of going on my word. But when I break out that title and it's signed with his name on it, that's the, that's the title deed. He, the, uh, it, and that's what it says. The Amplifier says the faith is the title deed. I mean, you, you don't know, Gavin, you don't know how you know, but you just know that you know. There's no evidence other than your spirit man has got grabbed a hold of. Now, you, you should be speaking. We're going to talk about speaking. The Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, uh, Matthew 12, 34, the mouth speaks. Whatever's in your heart, I always like to say, if, if you can find out if, the, if there's a little girl and, uh, and she's, you know, she's at the age where she's really knows some boys, and she's, oh, Johnny, Johnny, Johnny. Or, or if some guy notices this girl, what's in her heart? Oh, I'm in love with her. They're talking about her. Whatever's in you is going to come out of you. If cussing is in you, it'll come out eventually. I told people it's like a Coca-Cola. When you shake it up and you pop the top, Coke's coming out. Amen. When you, when, when you pop your top, Jesus needs to be coming out if you're full of Jesus. Amen? So um, look at 2 Peter chapter 2. 2 Peter chapter 2. I hope I, I, don't, I don't know if I finish. No, we'll, we'll go on. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 3 and 4. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Folks, if you ever think that that God don't want you to have something or God's against said, you know, I always I always like to tell people, if you the Bible says, I think it's John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my word John 14, 6, I'm sorry. If you abide in me and my word abides in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done. If you abide in me, if you're born again, if any man be in Christ, if you're in, if you abide in me, dwell in me, abide means where you live, you live in Christ. And his word abides in you, God's word. You will ask what you will and it shall be done. Now, his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. God's not withholding anything from you. Though the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue, by which he's given to us an exceedingly great and precious precious promises, that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature. We just got through talking about I'm a child of God. Think about that, Crystal. We, are, we can be made, now I ain't talking about dying and going to heaven. That's talking about here in this life. Partakers of the divine nature. 
And now, I guarantee you, there's some churches you could go to and I could say what I just said. They'd kick you out. I mean, you act like you're trying to be God or something. No, I'm a, I'm, I am a child of God. My, there's people that when they meet me, they say, you act just like your father. That, that's, and I don't take that as a rip. Oh, I'm not worthy to be my, like my father. No, I'm his daggum flesh and blood. You should probably act like your father because you're, 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 he's your father. So, so how much more should we be like our heavenly father? The Bible says to be imitators of our heavenly father. So through these precious, through, now let me go back to verse 3. Through the knowledge of him who's called us to glory and virtue. I don't even know if we can put a definition on glory. That's just the goodness of God, the blessing of God, the anointing of God. People will see the glory on you. By which you have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises through these that you may be partakers of the divine nature. So what are these precious promises? What is the knowledge of God? It's God's Word. When you're, when you're living, breathing, and, and just the God's Word is just coming off your lips, people see the Word of God alive in you. You're doers of the word, not just hearers. Amen? I know a lot of people go to church a lot and, and probably have got, heard more scriptures than I've heard, but they're not doing the word. Amen? Doing the word is walking in love. Have you heard what she said about me? Did you hear what they did? You know, you're talking about people. That's not doing the word. In fact, somebody says, I'm, I'm, I'm walking in the spirit. If you're not walking according to the word and you're not speaking the word, you're not walking in the spirit because the spirit and the word are one. They're inseparable. Somebody say amen. So um, I, I made, a, made a little note here. The knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, that, those are the knowledge of God. The, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 10, it says, For the weapons of our warfare, verse 4 and 5, are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. So anything that's contrary to God's word is exalting itself against the knowledge of God. What's the knowledge of God? Everybody say God's word. The knowledge of God is God's word. So, and it says to bring every thought into the captivity of Jesus Christ. In other words, my thoughts need to line up with God's word. Romans 12, 2 says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercy of God, that you present yourselves a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is reasonable service. Be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by what? The renewing of your mind. What are you renewing your mind to? The Word of God. I want to speak what God speaks. I want to do what God does. I can't do what God does if I don't see what God says. Amen? If you're seeing what God says, you're doing what God does, I'm telling you, you will change your neighborhood. You will change your office. You will change your family. You will change everything you come in contact with. And sometimes, I'm even me, I'm wondering, why am I not having an impact? I better be checking up on what am I saying and what am I doing. Am I exemplifying Jesus Christ? You know what Jesus always said? He said, I only do what the Father does. I only say what the Father says. Am I doing that? We want the results Jesus got, but we don't want to do what Jesus did. Amen? I heard, uh, who was the pastor that came here, Terry? The pastor from West Virginia, Daryl Huffman. He, he, the Lord said, you want what Brother Hagin had, but you don't want to do what Brother Hagin did. He goes, mm, yeah, you're right. Somebody say amen. So, um, Hebrews, 12, uh, Hebrews 10, 23 says, To hold fast your confession of faith without wavering, for he that is faithful is promised. Hold fast your confession of faith. And then back to Hebrews 11, verse 2, it says, For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. 
uh, one translation says a good report. Did you know people are keeping up with your report? Barbara, there's, there's a report going out on you. By, by the testimony, the elders obtained a good report, a good testimony. I, don't, I want my testimony to be good. Hold fast your confession of faith. And he says, by faith we understand that the world, the worlds, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. The, the world, everything we exist in was framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. And we can see that clearly in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out form and void. And in verse 3, God said, what did he do? No, he created. No, he spoke. He said. In fact, if you'll read that, he spoke, he spoke 10 times. And God said, it was written 10 times. And God said, and God said, and God said. He didn't, and God did this, and God did that. No, God said. God spoke the very worlds, and that's what the scripture there is quoting in Hebrews is just is going back to Genesis. And somebody says, "Yeah, but that was God. He was God Almighty." Well, we've got the same nature inside of us. The same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, the Spirit of God lives in us. And the Bible says in Proverbs eighteen twenty one, "Life and death are in the power of the tongue." Am I speaking life out of my mouth or am I speaking death? You know, I, 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 sometimes we'll talk to people and they say, oh, do you, are you one of those name it, claim it people? I said, you, there ain't no such thing as name it, claim it. There's, there is believe with your heart and confess with your mouth. Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. And, you know, according to your faith, be it done unto you. You can't believe for something that's out of your realm, that, you know, no different than you can Say, I can bench press 500 pounds. If you ain't ever bench pressed 100, you won't bench press 500. It's according to your faith. Where's your faith muscles at? What can you believe? You know, in, in ministry, I was talking to a pastor recently, and he, he was in a hospital, and he was dealing with people that were unchurched. They put him over all the unchurched people because most everybody had pastors that would come visit them. But the unchurched people, and he said, my, you know what my job was? It was to go in there and locate where their faith was. Well, you have little faith. You have a, now, somebody said, how could you do that? You can't really look on the heart. But he would ask them questions to see where they were. And that's important. That's very, very, very important. It's, it's really life or death. And, you know, when you're doing, a, I know you do these personality tests, you got to be real honest when you're taking a personality test or you won't get the right, well, I really want to be that. So, I'm, but No, no, that's not me. You know, do you make up your bed? Well, I want to make up my bed, so I'm going to put I do. No, you don't. You don't make up your bed every day. You know what I mean? So, so just be honest. And, and you know, if you want to grow, you, if you want to, you got to be honest where you are. You know, you don't go to the doctor and he says, well, you've been having pains. You, oh, no, I haven't been having no pains. No, you're going to tell, I've been having pains. Yeah, right here. So he can get a diagnosis. So this guy would go in and ask these people, where are you at? And locate them. And here's, here's the reason why. Because if Gavin came to me and says, will you agree with me in prayer? I said, well, what seems to be the problem? Well, I don't really know. I'm like, well, I can't agree with you. I don't, uh, it's kind of hard to agree with that. 
I, I really have a, real, a struggle with, uh, um, what is it where these people have said, I have an uh, unspoken request. You may be wanting somebody else's wife. I'm, I'm not agreeing with that. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm praying for that, that, that guy's wife or that guy's husband or that girl's husband, not that guy's husband. <laughs> that wouldn't work. We, anyway, I better stay on the subject here. Hallelujah. I, I was in San Francisco. We saw some crazy stuff. Anyway, I got to tell this one story. We're at this restaurant. We're at this restaurant. And I'm thinking, this ain't, this ain't so bad. I, I used to know this guy. He called it San Francisco. That's what he called it. I, I'm, I'm just telling you what he said. We're sitting in this restaurant. I got my seven-year-old grandson and granddaughter. And all of a sudden, I look up, and I went, oh, my God. There's a man with no clothes on, on a bicycle. And he's, and all of a sudden, there's more men and women. What, anyway, uh, so they looked up online. There's this National Biking Nude Day. Not in Valdosta, Georgia. It ain't happening. Amen. I'm glad to be in the South. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. And my, 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 my granddaughter and going, I'm like, hey, come over here. Over here. There's a fish, you know. Anyway, okay, enough of that. Where was I? We were talking about, oh, so he would, he would find out where they are. Now, that's important, especially in the area of, you know, um, I remember um, Brother Hagen, um, Dad Hagen, he, his, his grandson woke up, Craig Hagen woke up in the middle of the night when he was just a boy, and he was just screaming, screaming in pain. Well, they took him to the hospital, and he had a brain tumor. And he went to his son, uh, Kenneth Hagen, Pastor Hagen, and said, what can you believe? Where is your faith? And he says, do you believe we can believe God that he would heal this tumor? Or do you believe that, you know, what, what, have surgery? And he goes, I believe, that, I believe that I could believe for the surgery. And he said, well, then that's where we're going to agree. We're going to agree that, that they're going to be able to go in and take that tumor out, have no problems whatsoever. And that's where they prayed, Matthew 18, 19. Whatever you agree is touching. So he got, they agreed, whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven, whatever you loose on earth. And somebody said, oh, that's not faith. You went to the doctor. That, where are you at? You understand what I'm saying? Did, you know what the goal of that doctor is? To keep that young man alive. He, the doctor ain't of the devil. And I'm going to tell you, they said the anointing of God was so strong in that operating room that one of the nurses had a back injury and she got healed. They said that they took the tumor out. They had to drill a hole in his head to get the tumor out. When you drill a hole in your skull, it will never go away. It's a, it's a permanent feature of now your body. You got a, a hole. They said they went back months later and the hole had closed up. A hole in his skull where they drilled in. That's the power of God. And listen, where's your faith? We were praying with a situation with somebody and and they decided they wanted to go the chemo route. And I said, that's fine. We'll agree. We'll agree. And, uh, and, and we, we said, we're going to believe God. that." Uh, and somebody had told me this. I had called Andrew Womack. And I remember them saying that you don't have to even have the effects of the chemo that everybody else just accepts. Oh, your hair's going to fall out. Are you going to have nausea every day? You know, you don't have to have that. So we, start, we started saying that. No nausea, no hair falling out. And guess what? None of it happened. None of it happened. Amen. So you can have what you say, or you can say what you have. I want to have what I say, not say what I have. Amen? So the knowledge of God is God's Word. Casting down every thought according to the knowledge of God. 
That's God's Word. You want your thoughts to line up with God's Word. Somebody, we want to think His thoughts. Amen? Hebrews 11, 2 and 3, it says, For the elders obtained a good report by faith. We understand that the worlds were framed, Genesis 1. Then He said, Let there be light. He, uh, God said occurs ten times. Now, what was God doing? According to Romans, Romans 4, 17, He was talking about the faith of Abraham. He was calling those things to be as, they, as though they were. Amen? Calling those things that be not as though they were. There was no light. He said, let there be light. He was calling those things that be not as though they were. He wasn't telling them to go away. He was telling them to be. Romans 4, 17. And that's, we can all do that. We were creating God's image and likeness. We talked about that a while ago. Paul even said to be imitators of God as dear children. So we have the uh, authority and we've been given the name of Jesus to do that. And we'll, we'll see that in just a minute. I need to move along here. Uh, look over at Luke chapter 17. Luke 17. We're going to actually see an example of this. We're going somewhere. Just hang with me. You're going to get something. And this is, this is a word that we constantly need to be hearing. Constantly need to be hearing. It's so easy to fall back into that... Um, mode of what thinking like the world thinks that that's just not normal the way you think I, I don't think it is most people Jesus couldn't preach in most churches they'd throw him out you can't preach here he'd still get treated like he did when he was on the earth because he'd be preaching contrary to what most people believe Luke 17 verse 1 says and then they said to his disciples it is impossible that no offenses should come, but woe to him who, whom, who, through whom they do come. It would be better for him if a millstone were hung around his neck and he were thrown into the sea than he should offend one of these little ones. Take heed to yourselves if, you, if your brother sins against you. Rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in a day, and seven times in a day returns to you saying, I repent, you should forgive him. Now that's, that sounds tough. In fact, it, it is tough. Because you know why it was tough? Because you know what the apostles said? They said, increase our faith. Because we don't qualify to do what you just said. <laughs> I like that. I, I mean, we're just being real. So he says, you got to forgive them. If they, if they did something to you seven times, they keep coming back. you got to keep forgiving them. In the next verse, it says, and the apostles said, increase our faith. Now listen, we're not just talking about using faith to be healed or using faith to, to believe God for finances or using faith to have your needs met. We're talking use your faith to forgive somebody that's offended you seven times. Now, you know, you know the eighth time they may fall on their face and start crying right in the middle of the whole warehouse. You're on your job and I go, oh, sorry, God. You've been so good to me. This is the eighth time. And you're like, wow. Jesus said do it seven. And on the eighth time he broke down and repented. Glory be to God. If he's crying on his knees in front of everybody else, that's real. Amen? You know, and who are we to judge and say, oh, I don't think he's ever going to change? Well, first of all, you don't need to be confessing that over him. Amen? So, uh, you know, one of the things he's talking about, the millstone wrapped around his neck. I don't know if you know what a millstone is. I, um, a millstone is a, it's the, it's a massive stone that they ground corn on. I, I always think they made grits out of it. I guess they ate grits back in the day. I don't know. Um, but somebody said they'll throw you in the river you'll drown the drowning ain't the problem it's when the slack gets out of that millstone rope Pow! 
I don't even know if their head stayed on by the time that thing popped. <laughs> the rope fell off, and there's a head here, and there's a body there. Anyway, uh, you don't want to get chunked over the bridge with a millstone wrapped around your neck, I promise you. I don't know who picked up the millstone and threw it, but that was bad boy. Anyway, but he, he, says, he says, increase our faith. And I'm here to tell you, it takes faith to forgive. It does. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I don't see any repentance, but I'm going to keep forgiving him. I don't see any repentance. In fact, I've, given, I've forgiven him seven times, and he's still, he's still acting that way. Just keep forgiving him, love him. Now, you gotta, it does say rebuke him. You know, you got you know, you to be real with people. Tough love. Hey, listen, I, I've done this, and you keep, I'm going to do it again, but don't do that again. I love you, brother, but don't do that. So the Lord said, they asked to increase our faith. They asked a question. And Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, be pulled up by the roots and be planted in the sea, and it would obey you. If you have faith as a seed, you can say. If you have faith as a seed, you can say. I like to say it like this. Faith as a seed sang. Faith as a seed sang. Faith as a seed. What do you do with seeds? No, you leave them laying up on the counter and they don't want to ever do anything. No, a seed has to die. Unless a seed falls in the ground and dies, it'll never produce fruit. In fact, everything, uh, Pastor Mark's been talking about this. Everything that, uh, there's a tree in that acorn. There's a tree in there. It could be multiple trees because one acorn will produce a tree that produces more acorns that could produce more trees. Amen? There's a lot in a seed. It's the, it's the power of God. And the, the seed of God's Word, the Bible says it's, the, it's, um, what's the, it's incorruptible. And, you know, most of the time you can have a seed. I think you can keep it in a jar for 30 years and spit on it and throw a little dirt over it and pff, there it comes. We just, we just put out some brown millet seed behind my house and uh, when I left, I thought, man, it'd probably take weeks. And he goes, he goes, it rained a couple days after you left. It's, it's three, four inches high. I said, wow, that's amazing. And we threw a bunch of it out there. I mean, it's up like this. So faith as a seed sang. Faith as a seed sang. So how, you plant a seed in dirt. And when, uh, I think as Pastor Mark was referring to, the, the heart is like the soil. The Bible says the sower sowed the word. The sower sowed the word. So the word of God is, is like, is the seed and your heart is the soil. You got to tend your heart. You got to prepare your heart. You got to keep your heart pure. You want that seed to take root in your heart and begin to produce fruit in your life. Amen. So he says, so if the Lord said, if you have faith as a mustard seed. Now the mustard seed, I was in a church. I was preaching in Tifton, Georgia. I was preaching about a mustard seed. And uh, I'm, I'm talking about, man, the mustard seed are so small. And like, goes, hey, I got a mustard seed. I said, no, you're kidding me. She goes, no, I got one in my purse. I mean, there's not only like 30 people in this church. I was like, what's the chance this woman's got a mustard seed in her purse? Give me that. I thought she had a mustard packet, like mustard. She pulls out the mustard seed. I mean, it's this little, it looked like a half a flea. And I held the thing up and people were like, wow. He said, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you'll say this mulberry tree be thrown into the sea, be uprooted. Now, uh, it's a measure of faith. 
So obviously it doesn't take much faith, but you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you, you do need to, you know, expand your faith. Faith is a seed saying, to get a harvest, a seed must be planted. You plant a seed by putting it in the dirt. You 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 put your faith out there by speaking. You sow by speaking. And you need to be speaking what God spoke, not what you think or what you want. Amen. Now, he'll give you the desires of your heart if your heart's right and you're lined up. I always tell people, I don't care if, what, what you're believing for. If you can find Scripture to back up what you're believing for, go for it. Amen? Amen? No matter what it is. Faith is a seed saying. So Jesus answered and said to them, look over at Mark chapter 11. Mark 11. I'm, I'm on the downhill slope. Yeah, we got to roll. Mark, uh, Mark chapter 11, verse 23 to 25. Mark eleven twenty two, and this is the the famous faith scripture. So Jesus answered and said to them, "Have faith in God." And one translation says, "Have the God kind of faith." Have the God kind of faith. For assuredly, Jesus is speaking here. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain. Be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things which he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Now, people, there are people all the time saying, "You can't have what you say." You really can't have what you say. You can have what you say that you believe. I used to work with these guys, and once they found out I was a Christian, and they said, "Are you one of those faith guys?" Well, I want a, a brand new Cadillac. I said, "Man, you couldn't believe God for a broken down Volkswagen." You know what I mean? And, and, and that's true, you know, it's what, where are you at in your faith? You grow. If you're in the first grade, you're not going to go to the sixth grade. You're not. They're not going to, I guess there's people that have done it, but I've, I've never known anybody. There wasn't any in my community. Amen. It, it, you may have seen some out there chase somewhere that got bumped up a few grades, but that's it's highly unusual. Maybe they're studying all summer long or something. I don't know what, taking college classes in the sixth grade. I don't know. But, but you're not going to skip. You can't. There, there's, no, there's no cheating in your faith. Amen. Be it done unto you. And, you know, Jesus always said that. He said, your faith has made you whole. He didn't say, I, didn't, he didn't say, I made you whole. In fact, Jesus said, I think it's in Mark chapter 6, he said he could do no mighty work because of their lack of faith, their unbelief. You either believe or you don't believe. And that's why it's important to find out where people are. When, when you're talking to people, you want to know what their heart really is. Do you believe, oh, I believe God can heal me. You, you need to really know that they believe that. Because you, you, I would never tell people not to go to the doctor. I, I just wouldn't do that. Because I, I can't speak for them. I don't look at their heart. Go to the doctor, find out what's going on. And we'll 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 do pray it from there, you know. Now I don't I don't have a problem. I'll I'll pray for them and believe God will heal them. Maybe when they go to the doctor, don't said I don't know what the problem was, but it's gone now. Or maybe there was a problem before when they got back and they said the problem's gone. I believe in laying hands on the sick. The Bible says they shall recover. I believe in that, Amen. But I but I'm not opposed to doctors either. Hallelujah. So um, so he said so. For surely I say, whoever says this mountain, be thou removed and cast seed, does not down his heart, but believes those things that he says will be done, he will have whatsoever he says. Therefore, verse 24, I say to you, whatsoever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. 
Believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. Actually, this is the only place where Jesus actually says this will hinder your prayers. Unforgiveness. And we just talked about that. He was just talking about that in Matthew chapter, was that Matthew, where was it? Matthew, was it Luke? Um, Luke 17, about forgiveness. He said, if you stand praying, if you got arguments, in fact, I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I believe unforgiveness has is, is cost a lot of people their lives. And somebody says, well, God was mad at you, so he, he let, didn't let you live because you had unforgiveness. No, it actually just, you can't, it just, it gives the devil a foothold in your life. And a lot of people believe, well, the devil, God let the devil do it. Now, God's not, God's not got Satan on a leash like some people believe. God's not like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. God is a good God. He's a loving Father. He, 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 he said, I'm not withholding any good thing from you. Well, then why don't people get what they need? Why, don't people, why do people die prematurely? I mean, why do babies die? Why do people go through divorce? Why do catastrophes happen? Because we're in a, I told somebody the other day, they said, why? I'm only visiting this planet. I'm not of this world. I'm an alien here because I'm a child of God. The Bible says that Satan is the God of this world system. Jesus said the prince of this world comes. The apostle Paul called Satan the God of this world. He's running this world. If you don't believe it, turn on CNN when you get home for about an hour. That's why we got good news, folks. And, And that's exactly why Jesus came to the earth. I had a guy tell me one day, he said, well, God's in complete control of everything. No matter what happens, it doesn't really matter. Whatever happens is God's will. And, and I thought, well, if God's in complete control of everything, then why did he send Jesus? And you know what the guy said? He said, because it just looked good on paper. It was a facade. I said, brother, if that's true, God's going to have to apologize to Jesus throughout all eternity for what he did to him. Jesus came freely to get back what Adam lost in the garden. You know, the Bible calls Jesus the second Adam. He got tempted just like Adam did, but he didn't cave in. He said, get behind me, Satan. In fact, Satan said, he said, if you'll bow down and worship me, I'll give this everything to you. Everything you see is mine. He wasn't, That's one time he didn't lie. Now, he, he probably lied about giving it to him. But he said, this was handed over to me, and I can give it to whoever I wish. If you'll bow, Jesus said, the Lord God only shall I worship. That's obedience. Worship is obedience. And, it, uh, and I don't have time to get into all that, but Abraham obeyed God, and the seed came through Abraham. Abraham offered up his only begotten son, and God said, I'm going to send my son because of what you did. So God, you know, God sent Jesus Christ to redeem mankind. And then he left, and in Matthew chapter 10, this is a good place to to say this. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1, it says, And when he had called the twelve disciples to him, Matthew 10, verse 1, he gave them power, that that word is exousia, it means authority, over unclean spirits. That's good to know, because the devil's running the show down here. But Jesus came back, took back the authority, and then he gave it to us. He He told... Peter, he said, who do the people say that I am over in Matthew 16? And Peter said, well, some say you're John the Baptist. Some say you're Elijah. Some said you're one of the prophets. And Jesus looked at Peter and said, well, who do you say that I am? 
Peter went, you are Jesus Christ, son of the living God. Wow. Upon this rock, what you just said, that revelation, that foundational truth that you just spoke out of your mouth, Peter, I will build my church on that revelation. And the Bible says in Romans 10, 9 and 10, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, contrary to what Oprah says, there's many ways to heaven. There's not many ways. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through him. Upon this foundational truth, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And then he says, not only that, but I'm going to give you the keys of the kingdom. What do keys represent? I never gave my keys to my children until they were ready. They, they couldn't get the keys until they're ready. And here's the keys. That represents authority. When I, if I gave you my keys, you can get in my house. You got my car. If I got a safe deposit box, you got it. Jesus gave us the keys. And he said, oh, glory be to God. How do you how, y'all know that gates? The, he says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loose in heaven. The gates of hell. Now, I, didn't, I, I don't know. I used to, this is just me. Travis, I always pictured this scripture as this gate had legs and arms and it was chasing people. Hey, there come the gates. Watch out. And Jimmy, I should have had better sense than that. I grew up on a farm. I mean, duh, what's my deal? What did gates do on the farm? They kept people out, no hunting, but it kept the cows in. And Jesus said, I'm going to give you the keys and the gates will not prevail against you because keys open gates. Somebody better shout one time. And he says, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Folks, that's faith. When you hear that, that just, wait a minute. I've been just taking life. I've just been taking every shot I could take. It's time to turn this thing around. Well, whatever's going to happen is going to happen. No. According to your faith, be it done unto you. Amen. The Bible says he'll satisfy you with a long life. Well, I don't know. I don't know if I ever make it to 24. You keep talking like that, we'll be... Why did he, he died when he was 24? I can't, but he said that his whole life. You know, he said that Michael Jackson said he, he was going to be like Elvis. He had died before he got, in his, he would die in his 50s. He said that all the time. He died in his 50s. He said, but you really believe that? I don't know, but if you say something long enough, you'll, you'll just begin to believe it. You know what I mean? And, and I don't believe you can just say something and get it, but I believe that is part of it. I heard somebody say, fake it till you make it. Amen. You know what I mean? Your heart will catch up with your mouth. We, we have confessions that we say, and sometimes I'm just saying them, and I'm like, I'm not sure I believe that, but Lord, help me. Help me in my unbelief. Amen. So he said, there, he, said um, he gave them power over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all kinds of sickness and disease. He gave them power. Now, look at verse 5. Then these 12 Jesus sent out and commanded them, saying, Do not go into the way of the Gentiles, but do, do, and do not enter into a city of Samaritans, but go uh, rather to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, The kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, this is what Jesus preached. So they're preaching what Jesus preached. If you go back and look, I think it's in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is preaching the kingdom. Jesus was healing the sick. He was cleansing the lepers. And in verse in chapter 10, he said, now you go do it. Raise the dead. He told me, oh, that's, a little, that's strong, man. You're going to raise dead people? I was just uh, hearing Andrew Womack. He raised his, his uh, was, it's like, was he six? 
How old was he? I don't know, he's probably 20. He, he, he wasn't just dead. He, he'd been dead for like hours. I mean, they had a toe tag. He didn't have any clothes on. He was in the little, pulled the drawer out. And he said all the way to the hospital, he kept wanting to, to just get emotional. It's hard. And he said, I just kept singing songs of worship, praise. And he got there and he said he began to speak to his body to come back to life. And he said all of a sudden he sneezed and boom, popped up. And he said it was a, a year later he had a grandbaby. He said, man, I'm glad I raised him from the dead. I got a grandbaby now, you know. And, I, and But somebody said, How, the audacity of somebody to even do that. Obviously, if you go into a room, pull out a drawer with a body naked with a toe tag on it, that's faith. I heard a guy one time say that he had, he was at a, uh, I think it was at a, a football practice. They were watching, and it was in Cook County, and a guy fell over and had a stroke or a heat stroke, and, and they said he's dying. And, and he went over and started praying life back into his body. And he said, that was the hardest thing I ever did. It, it was just hard because I'm thinking, man, he said he, he didn't come back to life. But he said, the next time I prayed for a dead person, it was way easier. He said, now, he didn't get up either, but it was so, and he said, I'm thinking the next time they're going to get up. You know what, folks? I don't care if it was the 16th time. I, on the 16th time, I, I hit the ball. Glory to God. You know what I mean? Now, once again, I'm not going around. Uh, they said that Smith Wigglesworthy, we, we knew a, a pastor that actually knew people that knew him. He was a plumber, and, and at the age of 50, got saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. And I think it's documented he raised 24 people from the dead. Now, he was grabbing people out of caskets and throwing them up against the wall. Folks, you better, that's faith. Because if they don't get, they're going to call, call the law. You're going to jail. He's throwing dead bodies up against the wall. I mean, is, is, there, is there a law against that? I don't know. Nobody's ever done it. <laughs> He's dead. I mean, you can't kill him. <laughs> Hallelujah. Once again, I'm just saying, uh, you know, I don't know. People, people have never, they just don't think this happens. It happens. Uh, one of the guys that was speaking at the Andrew Womack meeting, they had a baby that died that they raised from the dead. I don't know. I, I want to be around that because I want to I want, I want to be the, I, I don't want to just raise somebody from the dead so I can say I raised somebody from the dead. I can get a button or something, wear a button, I'll raise somebody from the dead. No, I want to, I want to glorify God. I want to be used to the fullest potential. I, 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 you know, I don't, I, I, anyway, glory be to God. My wife's saying I need to quit. Oh, gee, we got to go. Here we go. I'm almost done. I am. I'm done. Uh, almost. <laughs> Heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons. This is where I wanted to get. This is the punchline. Freely you have received, freely give. Now, this is, I heard Andrew Womack say this. This is verse 8. This is his translation of verse 8. Freely you have received, freely give. You, Gavin, you. He said, this is what I wrote down. In fact, he said this because it was in my notes. I wrote it down. He said, don't ask me. This is God speaking, or Jesus, God. Don't ask me. You do it. You do it. One of the big, one of the big things that, he, that I've had to just, I had to change my way of thinking 
In fact, I was, in, I was sitting in a meeting and Ben, ben Meany was sitting with me. We were at this meeting and, and he said, I prayed for this woman who had a, I don't know, she, had, she was, I think she had an incurable disease and, and she got healed and um, she's had, she had some pain and she, he said, do something with the pain and she began to pray. Lord, I thank you that, that you uh, said that by your stripes I am healed and you and and uh, she was praying all this and he and I said yeah amen and and then Ben goes no that's not right and I went well she they quoted scripture he said no he said speak to it Jesus said speak to it whatsoever things you declare and and he and he told her that no that sounds good it sounds like you got this flowery prayer he said you need to speak to it so she said pain leave my body he said man when she said that the pain left he said speak to it. Speak to the mountain. What is your mountain? Speak to it. And and I, I'm learning that we gotta we gotta be bold enough to speak. We gotta be bold enough to speak. Faith always speaks. You know, I was thinking about uh, somebody said, "Don't run at your giant with your mouth closed." When David was running at Goliath, he was talking, and he wasn't talking smack. He was just confident in who his God was. Amen. Don't be running at giant. I hope this works. Oh Jesus. You know, <laughs> oh, help me, Lord. Hallelujah. God's good. I hope I've helped you. I preach myself happy. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm ready to go cast out some devils. Hallelujah. We need to go back to California. I saw, I saw a few. Um, but you know what? There's some in Valdosta, Georgia. Uh, there's some at Lowndes High School. Amen. They're everywhere. They're on your job. There's, there. You know, we, we've. And we know we need to make sure we're right, and make sure we're you know. And I I encourage you to begin to 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 say, Holy Spirit, put a guard on my mouth. I, I want you know the Bible says, what sort of things are pure, what sort of things are lovely, what sort of things are good report. Uh, think on these things, and whatever you're thinking is what's going to come out of your mouth. And I'm and I'm I hear my wife. She says, Oh, that's your confession. I don't stand. I said, oh, never mind. Forget what I just said. Because, you know, you just say stupid stuff. You know, you put your foot in your mouth, say crazy stuff. We, we, and, you know, um, your, your heart needs to be able to trust what's coming out of your mouth. Sometimes we say stuff so flippantly, it's like our heart don't. I know this is, this is deep, but your heart really is affected by your mouth. And if you don't think words affect, I always tell people words are, are just containers. They're just flat containers. You could go around and you could affect people's lives by your words every day. What are we? What are we saying? What are we doing? Where are we going? It's a lot. And, and there, I could go all night on on just what Jesus said about what you say, the words of your mouth. Life and death are in the power of the tongue. Let's pray. Thank you guys so much for checking out this week's message. If there is any message that you have missed or you just want to hear again, they are all available for free on iTunes. Just search Anchor Faith Church Valdosta and be sure to subscribe. That way you'll be notified once the new messages are available. Also, if you'd like to learn more about our church and what we have available for you and your family, or if you'd like to donate financially to the ministry, be sure to visit our website at anchorfaithvaldosta.com. Thanks again for listening and we'll see you next week.